show. I'm your host, Mike, and thank you for joining me for the solo review. Now, guys, I have a bit of a shorter episode for you all today, but I want to talk about one of my most favorite documentaries of all time. That film is, of course, Murderball. Now, longtime listeners of the show may recognize the title because I've briefly mentioned this particular film in some of the very, very early episodes. But what's special about this documentary is that it follows a group of individuals who play quadriplegic rugby, otherwise known as murder ball. And so the goal of the athletes in the film is to ultimately compete in the 2004 Paralympic Games in Athens, Greece. But the film shows the audience the daily challenges and obstacles that these men face throughout their lives. What's interesting about this story here is that there are many different individuals who are the focus. Now, this is not the story of one man in his quest for acceptance or glory. No, there is a wide array of characters with different backgrounds, ideologies, and personalities. And so in this film, we, you know, some of the so we focus on the players of the United United States quad rugby team, specifically Mark Zupan, Andy Cohen, Scott Hogsett, and Bob Lugiano. And there's also the rival coach, who's the also an ex-American player, Joe Suarez, who, if there has to be a quote-unquote villain, it's him. And finally, there is also the focus of a newly disabled man, Keith Cavill, and his journey, and his own his own personal journey of acceptance of his new life in a wheelchair. So I was first introduced to this film my freshman year of college, which was you know around four years ago. At my school, and I'm assuming this is the same at most American colleges, I had to take what was called a freshman seminar course. This course was to act as a quote-unquote fun class to help adjust the college life and the courses and you know the like. And in my opinion, most of these classes <laughs> were bullshit easy A's, and I thought the others were kind of a waste of time. However, there were exceptions, and mine was certainly one of them. I was placed in a course that was focused on physical therapy and all things about the body. And this was great for me because at that particular time in my life, I wanted to be a physical therapist. So this course was a great introduction for me. And for the record, right now, I am no longer on a physical therapy track. However, I'm still you know, looking into uh, healthcare and you know, grad school and postgraduate stuff. But... This specific class was awesome for so many reasons. It really captured my attention and it made the students think outside of themselves and question a lot of different things about body mechanics. So, as in any course, you know, there are sections uh, brought down or broken up throughout the class. And here we had sections about the body and specific mechanics, but murder ball comes into play and this particular section really gained my full attention. So we had a specific section that focused on body immobilization and how the human body and mind responds to that change. So it's looking at the physical as well as the psychological aspect. And here we learned the physiology behind you know what happens when someone suffers from a crippling in- injury such as this, like a spinal cord injury or neck injury. And we also heard stories that were both primary and secondary stories about how people cope with these uh, types of injuries. We actually had a few um, 
quadriplegics come in who actually were involved in in uh, murder ball leagues or quad rugby leagues, and you know, giving their stories, and it was and it was kind of it was very humbling and eye opening. So let's enter murder ball. So our professor comes in and takes the movie and plays into DVD player and hits play. She immediately says something along the lines of, you're all adults now, and there is some adult content in this film, but it's nothing that you can't handle. And from the first montage of Mark Zupan getting ready for his workout, I was absolutely hooked. The documentary screams everything punk, fast, and mean. It's a gritty and realistic look at the world of wheelchair rugby, but also tackles the issues that these individuals face on a day-to-day basis most being a lot different than you would expect. But before we get any further, let's explain what wheelchair rugby is. So wheelchair rugby is a full-contact sport where the chairs are reinforced to dish out as well as take massive damage. Uh, One of the pit crew guys in the film actually describes them as Mad Max-like, I don't want to say death machines, but, you know, contraptions that would look, you know, post-apocalyptic. And, you know, he has a point. So if a player is able to get the ball inside of the scoring zone, they earn one point. The, the ball also must be passed or dribbled every 10 seconds, or it's considered a turnover. One effective strategy of the game is to steamroll and knock over an opponent's chair to land him on the floor. And this play is not considered a foul, because the refs help put the players back on their wheels and, and continue the, the play, or the, the game. And... This game, to me, is played like a game of water polo in the air and with wheelchairs. I think the most shocking aspect of the game, for me though, is how violent it can truly get. Hence the name, Murder Ball. Now I think a big misconception about quadriplegics is that most people would probably assume or think that quadriplegics have no control over their limbs, something like Christopher Reeve. And this is not entirely true, because most retain some degree of total movement, and it's in Murder Ball, a player's ability is based off of the level of disability, and that level is rated on a scale from 0.5 to 3.5. And a team can only have a total of 8 points on the court at once, which adds a very interesting mix to the strategy of the game, and you know subbing and things like that. So to focus on the filmmaking of this documentary, it's extremely gritty and brutally honest uh, depiction allows the audience to really get attached and feel connected to the characters. Even the so-called villain isn't so much of a bad guy, he's rather just a hard-headed guy who is a naturally born competitor, and the filmmakers really go into his background, you know, he was he was uh, a child born in, I, I, I think it was Portugal, uh, he had po- he developed uh, polio. It, it cost him his ability to walk, and he was coming up in a poverty-stricken uh, area, and his and his family, you know, on hard times. So, kind of getting this this rough upbringing and and where he is now in that wheelchair rugby means everything to him. It kind of makes his his decisions. I, I guess more understandable now whether you can justify them as you know personal personal preference and what you think but it's it's not black and white it's a very gray area which I think is great and 
This film doesn't try to paint one character as a monster and the other as a saint. Instead, it opts to portray them as just normal and complex individuals with real emotions and feelings. This realism and authenticity allows the audience to bond and grow attached with specific characters, and you want to see them succeed in their endeavors while simultaneously exposing a general audience to issues and complications that many people face uh, every day in, in this world. So another aspect of this film that I love is the narrative scope that it's able to cover and that the filmmakers shift between the intensity and the brutal nature of the sport on the court to the heartfelt stories off of it. For, now for this review, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm, go, I'm going to give a spoiler-free review or discussion, which is something I never normally do, but I'm doing this because I feel like everyone should see this movie as soon as you can. So instead of delving into the personal plots and stories and the events that unfold throughout, let me share some of the topics that this documentary includes. And I'm doing this because when you do eventually, hopefully, watch the documentary, you're going to have the same, you know, real reactions that I had and just, it and gives you a better experience for this film. So, what is uh, wheelchair rugby is one of the questions. How wheelchair rugby serves as a, a larger purpose than in sports in the lives of these athletes. I was actually reading an article that was describing wheelchair rugby as a sense or as a kind of lifesaver for a lot of the athletes that participate. There's also how these specific individuals coped with their disabilities and continued to live normal lives post uh, post their injury. Another question is. It's very interesting is how do quadriplegics have sex? Yes, there is a segment focusing on this topic. And let's be honest, this is a question that everyone wants to ask, but feels awkward and invasive asking it. So it's, a, it's like I said, it's a great segment in the film. It not only so, serves as a source of levity, but it's powerful because the men say it, it's a milestone in their lives because it, it means that they can still be normal. And this also follows the journey of a man who is newly disabled and his inevitable acceptance of his situation. So, I'm just scratching the surface of this film, but like I said earlier, I want people to have genuine responses to this film, which is, you know, why I'm being a bit vague about the contents. Even though I'm not going into specifics, I do want to talk about the significance of the film itself, specifically about the message of hope it inspires in all those who watch. So Murder Ball is a story about people who overcome their disabilities to live happy, content, and complete lives. And this is a message that is universal to everyone, for we all have our own unique disabilities that we must face daily. Now some some are you know, some people are bound to wheelchairs, some are bound to hospital beds, while others are bound to the evils of their own personal demons. Murder Ball reinforces that it doesn't matter the manifestation only that we can and will overcome any difficulty. And this is the strongest component of the film, just how internally and externally strong and motivated these characters that are shown in, but it's also the hope that they inspire in all of us and the viewers who watch it. And so with that, guys, I know it was a very short episode and kind of just a, it's like I'm just kind of mentioning it, and that's kind of, purposeful. I, I feel like this episode is a long-winded way for me just to recommend this film to as many people as I can, 
And as previously mentioned, this film is is one of my all-time favorites for both its style and its message. And this film has left such a profound impact on me in its message, but also in the style. Because the following year after I'd seen this, I made a two-hour-long documentary about my swim team throughout the whole year. So I think it was like a nine-month shooting span and then three months of production. So it was like around a year of my time that this film helped inspire. And now although that my film is not available on any streaming platform because of (laughs) copyright reasons, Murderball is available. And I can't stress how much I think people should see this movie. And it's for that reason I'm going to give Murderball a 9 out of 10. Very high rating, but I think it's a must-see film for... It's a must-see film for anyone. And it's it's definitely, like I said, an, an, an extremely underrated film that I don't think people are talking about. It's not getting the attention that it should have, I think. So with that, guys, we have another, be it very short, episode of Amateur All Tours. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and as, and as always, please tell us if you did. It would mean a lot to both Brian and I if you left a review on, on iTunes, an email to the personal account, or a subscription to the show. Either way, thank you for always listening, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. The opening theme, Dreams, is composed by Joachim Karid. This composition was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Sarah and Joachim's work. They're really great and deserve the attention. If you want to drop us a line, which we full-heartedly support, please feel free to contact us at our email, theamateuraltourspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, that is one word. You can also find us at Twitter at amateuraltourspod. Once again, thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for more episodes, and thank you once again. Thank you.